Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Take two. Again. Hey. <laughs> we are we are in a in a special kind of mood this morning, so we don't really know what's gonna happen because it I we've already had to stop due to not really knowing how to move forward with what just happened. We'll just chalk it up to bad podcast etiquette. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're going to try that. to do this better. Emily but. Post, if you're listening, write a podcast et- etiquette book for me. That'd be awesome. I would love to <laughs> Is Emily Post alive? Okay. Um so we're going to just move on and uh really excited about uh last week and uh well actually the past 3 weeks and talking about how like how we should be waiting yeah like what what waiting means how we should be waiting um and you know i think i didn't i didn't uh um make some of the connections last week that you did and and part of it's probably because i wasn't here for tuesday um but that was that was really neat um Mm. especially when you started talking about um uh Oh my gosh. Now I'm blinking. Which part? Um. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even look at the notes. No, it's Psalm. uh, um, Shoot. Was last week Psalm 37? No, that was two weeks. That was two weeks ago. What psalm did you use last week? I didn't use one last week. Okay, well. We used the. Uh, he he spoke out of Luke one. Yep, it was the trust. It was the trust, and then the Mary m- magnificent. What do you? Yeah, how the do you magnificat. Magnificat. Yep. So um, no, it was when when you were talking about um, Elizabeth and and the uh, waiting that Elizabeth yeah um, had to do even pre you know the ten months of waiting with her husband in silence. Like I've always been intrigued by. Elizabeth going through that 10 months with silence from her husband. I mean, you know, like he's trying to interact with her. Sure. But like not hearing her husband's voice, they've been married for a long time at this point. Like all of that had always been intriguing to me, like what that would have been like. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we don't know anything about them. Maybe that was a welcome thing. (laughs) Right. Right. My priestly husband just stopped talking for a little while. Um, But, you know, also it could have been really hard on her. Yep. But then you you talking about the waiting that she had done before, like I was having a really hard time with that, um, specifically because Lori and I um, have dealt with barrenness, right, um, right, and and that idea like that that Elizabeth being one of the you know, honored women in the Bible that's barren and then is given a child, um, and that's she didn't get that. Uh, place without experiencing that pain beforehand right um and so that's um really close to our heart and that was that that was really meaningful to me um as we were talking about waiting past when you feel like there's hope to be waiting for right yep anyway yeah that that the the and and from the very beginning discussing waiting I mean, it was a, I think we said, I'd said like the, the most, in some ways it feels like the most refined, most extreme, most whatever version of waiting is waiting on a child. Mm. And, and so many of us have wrestled with that. And we talked about that some, um, 
and that'll get you. It's really tough. Um, I was meeting with uh, Grant uh, Seyfried this morning mm. for coffee, and we were talking about the... Um, That's why you were late. It's right. That's why I was late. Is the... Um, as as we can we were he and I were unpacking the same thing you know he's a pretty driven person kind of like I am and the idea of that question that I asked and I asked it in a way that that elicited some laughs but it really was like at, at what point how much doing can I do that it no longer counts as waiting you know what, yeah. at what point am I doing not waiting and are doing and waiting contradictory to each other and um I'm gonna mention it this Sunday probably but <laughs> the whole um, there was a, an author, a lady named Patsy Claremont years ago, who talked about that how often trusting in the Lord is doing what doesn't come naturally to you. And that's why it's not all that behavioral. It's not obvious behavioral. Like if you're someone who talks all the time, then shutting up may be trusting in the Lord. But mm-hmm. if you're someone who never shares, speaking may be trusting mm-hmm. in the Lord. And so, yeah. um, well, I, and, and the, I guess the reason that I was um, flashing back to Psalm 37 when you were um, that you had talked about two weeks ago um, when you were talking about that this past week was that um, Psalm 37 is that's our our family verse or mm. part of part of it is our is our family verses and it's because it says trust in the Lord and do good mm-hmm. your, so your like, father came up and quoted it to me after the second yeah, service the trust in the Lord and do good mm-hmm. um, and it's um really special to me because like there's so many times that I'm like I, I'm I, I don't know what to do I don't know what to do like I, I'm trust I'm, I'm trying to trust in the Lord I don't know what to do and he's like no you know what to do you've been given plenty of right things to do right do those things and trust me and so the 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 good things that we're supposed to be doing that we don't we don't stop doing those good things whenever we're trusting in God we do the good thing and we trust in God and dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Cultivating is not a passive word. No, that's true. So anyway. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So where does like, so where is your mind going now for this this last Sunday? Sunday is an interesting one because I I think we're going to do this Sunday is the candle of love. That's right. And, and I have no idea how that, automatically fits into this but that's okay that they all all four we talked about that last week all four of them fit into every sermon yeah everything bring christ in and then it will be covered yep love joy can't peace. do that until the Hope. christmas eve service that's right no jesus no jesus eve. until the christmas eve service if you talk about jesus before the christmas eve service that's right you messed it up christmas is about singing that's right <laughs> it's for singing <laughs> that's right so so to say um this is going to be Continue to unpack that idea of what can we do, what are what do we do while we're waiting, and I want to talk about preparing while we wait. Um, and and I don't obviously I don't want to jump into the in too far into the whole prepper conversation. Let's but, just talk about let's just talk about somehow. nesting. There you go. If we're going to talk about a you know relating this to a child. Waiting for a child, the the, the urge for a mother mm. to nest. That's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Feels a little bit less like prepper talk. Um, that's good. Good application there. And the and the reason, so that's why we're going to be going to the wise men. Great example of people who were prepared. 
Yeah. Because like, that's that's the other thing that struck me about waiting is that waiting is not an indefinite thing. No. That by definition, you're waiting for something. And so I'm going to be looking at like, you know, those who wait on the Lord will mount up with wings like a big bird mm-hmm. and will, uh, you know, walk and not be weary and that kind of thing. Well, that's uh, the assumption is there's going to come a point when it's time to stop waiting and start flying. And so when is that? When does that word come? And the problem is very often I think that that in people aren't waiting, they're just sitting, which means when the opportunity arises, they're not any more ready than they were before they were waiting. Well, I thought the point of that verse was that they will mount up as wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Like the, All of those are actually supposed to be action things that the 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 waiting on the Lord is not um, is not a passive thing. It doesn't mean that you. And I think and I think you said that well last week, Chris, with the idea of when you <clears throat> when you take action, it's not like you're going to undo the will of the Lord. Right. I mean, no. He, he's sovereign in all of this, and yeah. he knows, and he has invited us into participation in his kingdom as he's established it now, and then as he will consummate it in the ultimate fulfillment then. Yeah. Um, and it's not like us doing something with him will ever undo what he is trying to do. Mm. It is. It was the point that you made, which is when we take an action that is clearly against him, right, it would be right. sin. When we think, oh, well, God means this for us, so let me do this without him. Right. That's, that's the erroneous thought, but... No, doing taking action and doing it with him is clearly gonna, you know, it's not gonna be like, oh, well, if I do this, what if I mess up, or if I do this, what if I mess it up? And mm-hmm. You're not gonna be able to mess it up if it truly is in his hands and his will. Right. But if we can, so what is our? Then the conversation comes back, still comes back to what is our role in it. So it's again, we're just not passive. Yeah. We just. We just recognize we're not passive. We're still, but at some level, we're still kind of powerless. Yeah. Oh, I mean. But as a baseline, I think that there yeah. there is a baseline. Is this sin? And if it isn't, well, then it's on the map. It's for consideration. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, you can definitely wrestle with it and consider. Right. I mean, I think that's, you know, we're, we're in the. Uh, as everybody likes to call it, the already not yet mm-hmm. part of this story. So the kingdom of heaven is here, but it's not fully here. Like we're we're experiencing it, but we're not really experiencing it. You know, we're not we're not fully experiencing it. We're we're looking at a glass that's I almost said half full. Um, <laughs> that's you know dim or a mirror darkly. Yeah, a mirror darkly like the we're looking we're looking at something that we can't really make out the whole thing, but we can see it. You know, he's given us great pictures, especially in the Sermon on the Mount of what his kingdom looks like and and how this is going to happen and he's given us an incredible example in his life um and and through the stories that are told in the Bible um that uh, are pointing to who God is and and how our relationship with him has been one of wrestling and um, not really being able to understand, and then he speaks into certain things and says, "No, this is how you should understand that." And you know, there's there's a lot a lot for us to to dive deeper into. Um, 
with all of our heart. And none of that is, and I think that's, that's the point to me is that none of that is passive. All of that is preparing for preparing the, you know, as, as John said, preparing the way of the Lord, um, or as, as Mary did preparing for a child that was going to be, um, actually given to her, um, physically, like we, we, we are preparing, um, for his arrival, in and already not yet. He is like he has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. So he is already here, but we are preparing for his imminent arrival in everything else that we're doing. We're preparing our hearts, we're preparing our families, we're preparing our, you know, even our homes for when he may unexpectedly show up and ask for a glass of water. Like mm. all of all of these, you know, things in scripture that um talk about him him showing up we the point being that we don't know when it's going to happen so we have to do everything today that we can to be ready for him showing up mm. and i don't know there's there's there there is a struggle inside of me when it comes to that cuz there is a i think that jesus taught us um to live uh in inside of every day if that makes sense it's not that you don't have some thought for tomorrow or you know some sort of um uh hope for tomorrow or anything like those things aren't bad but but like the the things that normally we do is we worry about tomorrow and we we fret and we strive and he he's very specific about us not doing that and it reminds me of God in um, taking care of Israel in the desert, that he gave them manna for today. And whenever they would try to store up manna for tomorrow, it would rot. Um, whenever, whenever we try to, you know, make a provision for ourselves beyond today in, in, in a, spiritual sense like if, if if we are if we are relying on ourselves then instead of on what he is providing then i think that we that that's that's reaching beyond the the waiting mm-hmm. um that that he is i think he is um knows is best for us that's the hardest thing for me is 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 trusting that it really is best for me to wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to you all about um, me being bad at uh, Christmas gifts. I just want to give. If I buy a gift, I just want to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't really like the idea of waiting to give somebody something because then it it doesn't feel like it's providing like serving a purpose. But what if the purpose is the waiting? And that just doesn't make sense to my brain. Mm-hmm. But I think it's supposed to. I think that there's something that's supposed to click inside of there because he is, if he is teaching me nothing right now, it's it's patience. He's teaching me patience because um, I am not patient. And about everything in my life requires some sort of patience. Um, and 
I'm bad especially, at it. Especially your children that yeah. ru- that ruined. Oh wait, no, changed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> ruined. Oh I mean, no. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, man, Chris. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think there is something to like app. You know, the idea of like what, when we were waiting for the Lord to do something that we would know that is in align with His will. We know that it would be good, mm. and then now we are waiting for His timing to to come about. There is something to the notion of, I think, at baseline, like what Chris said last Sunday is like, you can't, well, don't sin. Don't right. take it in your own hands. Don't think you're in control of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, in all decision-making factors, that probably is my baseline first. When I, right. when I don't know of something, and then I would say, my first prayer is always, Lord, reveal to me, am I in sin if I don't do this? If I, if I neglect this or don't do this, is there a breach in our relationship? Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, again, clears up a good first primer for starting the starting the conversation. And then if I know, like, okay, I'm not in sin, and then here I am waiting, now the probably the second measure to what are you, what are you doing in these steps comes down to, okay, well, now how do I pursue you in this? Um, and I feel like that, that for me so often is very different than the way my intuition wants to go because in the process of acting, I oftentimes want to then do what makes sense Mm. or do what, you know, comes rational or I'll make the list of pros and cons and then see that the cons is more. And so choose that or the pros is more and then choose that and rationalize my way through it. But oftentimes when I do that, and then what I'm doing is I'm creating the scenario that draws me closer to myself mm. and my own approval mm. than it does his. Right. And so having to stop and say, no, okay, so Lord, then how do I pursue you and continue to pursue you? And so often I feel like the ways that that intimate relationship needs to play out is <laughs> almost feels like it's not even connected to the conversation that I'm having logically mm. um, or the decision that I'm making at hand that there there seems to be a greater stride of no this is this is you walking with me through all of this this isn't just your next step this is the entire path that we're on together Mm -hmm. um yeah that interesting concept of okay so if you if you know your you first identify what you need to avoid then you identify what you need to pursue and then how do you continue to take steps in action while waiting for the things that you need to pursue. Mm. Yeah. What do y'all think? What would you say the advantages on for waiting are then? What does it what does it mean? What are the advantages for wait? Well, what are the what is it what is God accomplishing when we wait? If if waiting doesn't indicate doesn't imply less action. Yeah. There, there's a level of like in my mind of like the idea of almsgiving or fasting, right? Like that there, when I, with an action or, or with a process that he's instituted, there's a, a mindfulness. Um, it's like when you, when you've got a big decision and, and you want to take it seriously or, you know, you, you devote yourself to a time of fasting. Yeah. And so often is for me, fasting is not just the accomplishment of the act. It is the, the, the sensation in the middle of fasting 
So when I feel the hunger pains, what do I do? I go back to, it's the reminder of I've disrupted my life in a way that I've taken away something so that when my mind hits it, now I'm no longer thinking about it itself. It's something different. And I feel like waiting falls somewhere in that mm. line as well. Of So then when I have the sensation that I should not wait or I'm missing out on something that's happening in my life when I'm waiting, okay, now I have that sensation and that sensation now is being disciplined to be trained to a appropriate response, mm. a reconnection to him. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it is a, um, uh, because it's a discipline, there's, there's the, all the aspects of any discipline relate to it. Um, mom always talks about the, um, anytime we're waiting for something, she says the, the provision for that is, is not here yet. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so there's, there's an element of waiting because to jump in front of it is to make yourself in debt to, you know, something that you shouldn't be, yeah. um, because the, the provision is not there yet. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not coming. Doesn't always mean that the provision you thought was coming is coming. That's getting really like now 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 the analogy is falling off a cliff. Um but uh the thing that dad always says is that when 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 we're waiting he usually says this to me when I'm in traffic and angry. <laughs> He's like, Man, I'm I'm glad God God chooses to make us more like him. And I think the like the 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 <laughs> easiest way to say this is like or the you know whatever way to say this is we learn to be patient we learn to wait because God waits and if He's making us more like Him it's there is like we we wouldn't know goodness if He wasn't good like mm -hmm. we uh, we. We learn to be patient because he is patient with us. And if we, if he is patient with us, he wants us to be patient with other people. And sometimes that means even a good thing can be withheld for a season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think you, that was a fascinating point you made, Chris. Of the, the author of time itself to have to be able to proclaim it is not my time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how much, how much is that our experience? Is that a yeah. God, a God who would to a limited creation limit himself to be made known right. to his limited creation? Yeah. So I, even that, that concept of waiting, I think certainly plays into that same, same notion. And this is, God doesn't have to wait. Right. Never. Never. But the fact that he chooses <laughs> then for us who would love to choose to never wait, but we're not, we don't right. have that. How, how much more can we align? And I mean, I him? think it, it proves that there is a goodness to waiting. And even though I don't understand it, that doesn't mean that it's not good. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. Yeah. Thank you, computer. So what else do we, okay. So there's a, <clears throat> an awareness because what strikes me about it is it, it's, it teaches us something when we wait and when we have to wait. 
Like it teaches that some of the stuff we've already talked about. Waiting teaches us how to trust. Waiting teaches us to watch and listen. Um, it changes our character. It makes us more, like you were saying, more aware, mm-hmm. like all the disciplines do. I'm thinking that's, and and I think another thing that waiting allows us to do is to prepare. And that's, that's going to, I think that'll be how that rolls into while we're waiting. That's a, that's a great time for preparation that mm-hmm. it's, it's often like when I, I mentioned the idea of, you know, someone who's looking for a spouse and they're saying, you know, I want God to give me a spouse or whatever. Well, are, are you becoming a better candidate? Are you becoming a better future spouse in the interim or a worse yeah, one? Right. And so there's some preparation that we can do in the midst of those things while we're waiting. There's preparation for us to be like what we read in Peter, that we're more prepared to give a reason for the hope. Reason. Yep. And it's kind of one of those, you know, when we, when we run into people who say, you know, I had a, I, you know, ran into somebody somewhere, I don't know, in an airplane or something. And they were, they were asking questions that I don't know how to answer. Like, well, were, were you doing any preparation while you've been waiting for that conversation? And it, it makes me think of, and that'll be the good transition, I think, for next, for the, for the next week, which is going to be about preparing or waiting on the next coming. Not the next week. On the 26th or whatever it is. Oh, you're doing that for? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because what we're going to be doing in the, in the new year is, is kind of this prepared to serve mindset in the mm-hmm. heading of, and, and that's going to involve some wilderness conversation. But I think that's, that's as we talk about who we are as a church in the new year, while we face the challenges that we face and, and that they probably are coming. This is also part of it is that we're, we are prepared to serve in the midst of this and we're, we're ready to serve and our, our character is growing because it's, it's a little bit of a weird version of waiting that I feel like we're doing right now. Like, but it's, it's a, we're waiting for it to like get worse. I mean, there's a, there's a, seems to be a preparation or a, or a waiting like, okay, when is like, we were talking about before, like the pressure that nonprofits and churches may face in the future. Yeah. There's a word ver- a weird version of waiting that we're doing like now, like, well, when's it going to hit? Yeah. Well, the question would be, are we, are we waiting well even if we're prepared, even if that's part of it, what we're waiting on, yeah, all the different things we're waiting on. And I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm just being naive here. Um, I don't, I don't think we should be waiting on that. I think we are. What we need to be focused on waiting for is Jesus, and He's going to, you know, there's going to be trials because He said there were always going to be trials. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think there's an important um, difference to be made when we, when we say like we're not waiting on the the world to to react to us like we're waiting on Jesus we're putting our thoughts towards following him and creating his kingdom and being righteous and um doing those things and the the idea of i don't know the idea of prepping for a doomsday is i think setting us up to miss when he shows up because we were focused on a distraction. 
Yeah, I think that's, a, I, I would say that's ignoring all, a lot of sections of the Bible that are about waiting on the future coming and being prepared. Like, I don't think those are in competition with each other. I don't. So if they're in competition with each other, yeah, I would certainly say, like, if you're, if you're waiting on doomsday at the expense of waiting on the Lord, yes. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think there's too many times when Jesus told his people, watch, watch out for this. These things are coming. And Jesus told them to do that. I don't think that's in competition with waiting on him is to be prepared for what's going to happen in the world or aware of what's happening in the world. Like I just, I think they go together or they can, they can go together. They yeah, also the can thing. be yep. in competition with each other. Yep. I don't mm. think it invalidates what you're saying, John. Like, that can be a distraction. Right. And, and again, it's almost like whose hands are you putting it in? Yeah. Because if you're, if, if the idea is, well, doomsday and prepping, and the idea of prepping is because I will accomplish. Yeah, my, my trust is my in me. Own, yeah, right. My own safety in this. Well, then, yeah, that that clearly then misses. No, I'm waiting, waiting for the Lord. But this this is the right. great kind of I think perplexity involved in this conversation of waiting. That's it's right. like how do you take these actions? What counts and what doesn't? And not put your faith in yourself, uh, but continue to maintain. No, no, I really am trusting in the Lord, but I'm not just sitting. Right. Around right. doing nothing. Um, yeah, it, it it almost makes me want to go back to, you know, would love those conversations with those early disciples to say, you know, when Paul is addressing all those that are licentious and sitting around and just being like, well, I mean, he's coming back. Like, it's going to happen, so I don't need to do mm-hmm. anything now because, you know, they – there clearly was this thought that right. for for many that this was happening soon. Yeah. That this wasn't this wasn't going to be a conversation two thousand years later. This no. is going to be well, in the next twenty minutes. Maybe. <laughs> right, right. This is when he's coming. So what am I doing? And just yeah, like what what were those conversations like? Of like, no, you there's stuff to do. I mean, this is yeah, this is not on you to determine. This is on him, and he has said, do these things. So continue to do them. Yeah, that would be yeah. fascinating. Talk to them about, <laughs> yeah. about waiting when they, well, well, yeah, to go to them when they're 80 on their deathbed and say, mm. yeah, okay, so you thought. <laughs> well, that seems to be some of, the, some, some of them started writing things down Yeah, 30 years. I mean, that's when the, most of our books are written was 30 or 40 years after the events. And a lot of people think it's just because I mean, why would they write it down? Yeah. They didn't think there was going to be 30 or 40 years no. time in between. Like, why why write stuff down when, I mean, in the five, next five years, it's going to be, this is all going to be over with yeah, it's anyway. Yeah, a mute point. Yeah. And so I think I think that's a fascinating, yeah, I think that's that's a good point. And, and it would be good to hear what they were thinking mm-hmm. at that point. Like, oh, gosh, I'm glad we, we better start writing this down before we all first yeah. generation die. Well, I'm glad we solved it this morning. Yep. <laughs> After 2,000 exactly. years, I'm yep. glad we got this, got this down. It's about time. Be encouraged. <laughs>